Welcome to the podcast that challenges you from the inside. Come be more and discover the Agile Within. And now here's your host, Greg Miller. Okay, it's Mark and Greg back again, Agile Within. Today we have a wonderful guest, a man that we've, Mark and I just talked to with uh, at the Agile Online Summit talk. And his name is Fred Deichler. And if you're in America or if you're not, he lives out West in Washington state. And he's been an agile coach, worked for multiple organizations, helping on at their agile journey. He's also a frequent agile conference speaker. If you're on LinkedIn, follow him, Fred Deichler. You can see all the conferences he's in. He does a lot of conferences all around the country. I don't know how he does it. Uh, welcome to the show, Fred Deichler. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And only one slight correction, Greg. I, I know. Uh, not, not Washington, right? It's Oregon. Correct. But I Is did right? live in I, I did live in Washington. <laughs> right. On in, in just, my own personal <laughs> travel journey. I know. I just, you know, I get confused because I I I knew that you lived in Oregon. As soon as I said it, I was like, it's Oregon. It's Oregon. And I knew right away. Is Fred that an insult, Oregon. Fred? Yeah, is that an insult? No. Um I've only been in Oregon for a couple of years. Uh, I did live in Washington and California for significantly longer than Oregon. And I never thought I'd end up uh, here, but you know, life takes you places. Yeah. Nice. So Fred, you were talking to us earlier, maybe kind of a, about all the conferences you do about the, the cool uh, Austria conference you just did about speaking German to the folks. Yeah, absolutely. I've been, uh, I, I, I have German heritage and it's something I, I took German in college and then I stopped speaking it. And a few years ago, I decided to start it up again, uh, Duolingo, kind of like a New Year's resolution. And it's so gamified. I just stuck with it. Mm. Uh, but one of the things is you really have to speak it to people and speak it to native people in order to practice like conversationally versus mm. uh, by the book. It's kind of like, you know, similar to Agile. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to practice go. it. Mm. Right. Practice and, anything, right? Yeah. And, you know, I did visit Germany earlier this year on a layover from another conference in Europe. And um, I spoke very little German there because I was I was nervous. I was scared. And I had this opportunity at this Agile Austria conference last week. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to kick it off speaking in German uh, to the point where I'm going to kind of make the audience a little bit confused because I'm going to say I'm a little bit nervous because my German isn't perfect, mm -hmm. but you know, anyways, let, let's go. And um, the audience thought it was kind of funny. And I will say I was a little bit inspired probably by mutual Queens, uh, Artur Vaganeri. Whenever he yeah. does talks, he always talks in, in the native tongue. And I would say I wasn't copying him, but he definitely inspired me. And it got me past yeah. that. My own personal barrier of fear that I had about doing this thing. Like I've invested years of my life into this game mm -hmm. uh, of learning German. And I just, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. Sweet. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah. That's very good segue into talking about agile. So, uh, it, oh, well, I don't know. It depends on when you're listening to this. We were recording in October, but we did record, uh, this is our second time with Fred, not on the Agile Within. First time on the Agile Within, you heard me in the intro for Fred. Uh, everyone out there familiar with Vasco Duarte, I'm sure you are, the Scrum Master Toolbox. We recorded a session with Fred for the Agile Online Summit that will be out 
well, I don't know when you're listening to it, but it's coming out the end of October. October, was it 24th, 25th, somewhere around there? Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be able to hear us talking to Fred for the North American leg of the Agile Online Summit with Vasco Duarte, talking about the Agile Coaching Growth Wheel. And you can go, there's a website, agilecoachinggrowthwheel.org, if you want to find out more about that. But we talked a little bit about it in there. Fred was so gracious to come back. We thought it was a wonderful topic. We invited him here. We invited him here to talk more about the Agile Coaching Wheel. So, Agile Coaching Growth Wheel. See, I can't say that. It's a big mouthful. Agile <laughs> Coaching Growth Wheel. Dot org. Tough got times it. fast. Got it. Tough times fast. No, can't. ACGW, we were joking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Anyway, we want to talk to Fred about the Agile Coaching Growth Wheel. Um, if you're new, if you're a new Scrum Master, if you're here, been listening to the show for a while, lots of people talking about how do I get into becoming a Scrum Master, right? I just saw it recently on LinkedIn, especially with like layoffs and people maybe wanting to move into it, things like that. Um, so Fred, someone just got their exam, their Scrum certification. What do they do now? How can this help them? Yeah, because um, we all know uh, when you first go to that your exam, you go to a two-day course and you come out of it as a as a master, which, Correct. as you know, you're, you're the master of nothing. <laughs> um, I do want to let the audience know that, you know, the Agile Coaching Growth Wheel from agilecoachinggrowthwheel.org, it's big, it's dense, it's, it's 21 competencies over nine themes. And if you'd like, you know, if you're not in the car, you know, you can, you can pause our podcast right now, uh, go to agilecoachinggrowthwheel.org so you can follow along. Um, because it's, it's a great way so you can, so you can really get the mental model of what we're going to talk about. And, you know, Greg, you asked that question about like, I've just started as a scrum master. Um, what do I do? And that's where I go into that, uh, into the agile coaching growth wheel at, at the core of it, we have this, uh, competency theme called self mastery. And I'm talk about that one for a moment and, and self mastery. It, it's, it's the core of what it takes really to be um, a professional. And this, this transcends any, any job. You know, we say the agile coaching growth, we only think agile coach in the title, but this isn't just for agile coaches. This is for anyone who's working in a job, probably, you know, with, with an agile space, hmm. because when they started, when the group started this, this journey to create this wheel um, in 2018, the question they asked was not how do you become a good agile coach? It was like, what are the su- skills needed to successfully coach teams and organizations in agile? That was their base question. That was their product goal. Mm-hmm. It's not about being an agile coach. It's about coaching teams and organizations. Yeah. So at the core of this is this idea of self-mastery. It's self-mastery has three competencies that fall into it. And all of these are things when you think as a professional, these are very good things. The first one is personal transformation. And what that really is, it's about being the change that you want to see. And how do you embrace continuous growth through reflection and learning? Like you are that per, if you're going to help transform organizations and teams, you first got to work on yourself. The second piece with an agile is self-mastery out of three, and then I'll let you ask some questions, mm-hmm. um, guys, is emotional intelligence. 
this is how you, you cultivate an awareness and regulation for your own emotions to improve your relationships and also how you sense those emotions from others. There's a lot of information on emo- emotional intelligence, and I'm doing it zero justice with that very small overview. The third part of self-mastery is balance. And the reason that's important is because, as with everything, you think about a teams and scrum, they're supposed to be working at a sustainable pace. And balance is the way that you can integrate you know, work, play, and well-being. And then recognize when you're out of balance. Let's say you've been working too hard, putting too many hours, and you need to recharge your, your batteries uh, so you can come back and be your best version of yourself. So really at the core of all this stuff is this concept of self-mastery. That's great. Yeah, I have, I have, that's a lot to unpack. You're right. Yeah, so I do any of those justice in an hour, right? We could talk about each of those individually probably. But personal transformation, first thing I heard you say was you can't help anybody until you help yourself, which I've heard that uh, in like self-help things. And and if you go to counselors, you hear that too, right? You got to work like, um, well, I guess one thing I can talk about, I've, I've been divorced once and you talk about that coming out of that healing, people can relate anything that that's just where my mind went immediately. Like anything coming out of that, right. You got to help yourself and you got to be well yourself before you can help somebody else. And like, I, I would imagine this is like, um, Oh, I don't know. Um, when I first got into agile, I, I couldn't help anybody else because I was learning myself and, uh, going through, I guess, a little bit of a transformation and, and picking all of up, picking all of the stuff up. And then I got to the point where I wanted to start this podcast because I felt like, um, I wanted to help somebody else. And I was there at that point where I could, where I felt I I knew enough where I could help somebody and be of help. Is that kind of along the right lines or am I off track there? Yeah, absolutely. I think you are on the right lines. You know, if you, if you think about it, another way to put self mastery is that investing in yourself. So you got to this point where you had kind of enough knowledge where you're like, I can go out there, I can share some stuff, but I'm going to learn along the way. Correct. You know, you're, you're embracing that continuous growth. You're you're thinking about like, how can I become a better agilist? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I'm not at the point where I never am at the point where I think I know it all. I think none of us would say that in any profession. I don't think you would say that, but yes, I got to the point where I just wanted to share what I know with other people and and um, and help them. Yeah. And that's really like how one of the ways I got, I got started off, like in LinkedIn, uh, mentioned that earlier, I do try to post frequently mm-hmm. and early on in my, you know, in, in the career of posting frequently, it's like, I got to post something amazing every single time, or I got to right. think of this great concept no one's thought of. And yeah. uh, earlier this year, I, I just decided I'm going to just post about the things I experienced. And so I had this little journal with me every day. I just write down an agile um, learning or observation mm-hmm. I had. I just write a little post on that because that's what people actually care about. You know, I I am not a, a guide or a catalyst in agility. I'm a, you know, I'm a practitioner. I'm just sharing what I know. And I'm also, I'm willing to learn. Right. Those are some of the best posts, by the way, uh, uh, from yourself and for other people. It's not these, um, uh, 
I see some that are just go on and on paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. They're trying to be deep, right? But uh, uh, that's, that's what I try to do. I I don't do what you do, but yeah, something will, something will come across me. I'm like, yeah, that's worth a post. And yeah, something, it's usually something I experienced. So yeah, I would just encourage people out there that um, on, on social media, you experience something, you think that it could help somebody else. I would encourage you to, to post. And I'm sure a lot of people can, can get something from it. Absolutely. Before we move on further, one of the other things that registered with me, Fred, was, I think I'm saying it, what you said is it be the change that you want to, that you want to see. Is that what you, mm-hmm. is that the phrase that you used? Yes. That's the one that, that I choose to use. Yeah. I, um, so that really resonates with me, um, you know, trying to push down the, the, <laughs> the urge to say, oh, woe is me. Things are bleak. Nobody will listen. What difference is it really going to make? Uh, instead, having the mindset of, you know, really living the values that you're trying to practice and not just. So another, I guess another way to say it is practice what you preach, right? Mm-hmm. That absolutely is is a way, and and it starts with you know it starts with you, and that's really where the core of this agilecoachinggrowthwheel.org uh, is is this self mastery, and it, it's really if you're not willing to invest in yourself, that you know what are you you know what are you doing here? Exactly. Yeah. Sorry to be a little blunt for people, but you know no. obviously I, I yeah. think people the people are choosing <laughs> to listen to uh, podcasts like this and many others. They're already investing in your in themselves. Thank you for being yeah. here. Mm-hmm. This right here is yeah. We we hope that that's the idea. Of the podcast is the agile within that it's uh, investing yourself to learn to grow. That's the idea. Yes, exactly. So didn't do that justice, I know, but it's just uh, again touching on that. Um, go to agile coaching growth agile coaching growth wheel dot org. There you go. Absolutely. The next one was. Emotional intelligence, that's a giant one, right? That um, I, I talk about a little bit in my day-to-day thing or it comes across my, my mind. Um, but yeah, let's go more into that. Yeah, so um, emotional intelligence, it's the first thing is really it's, it's your own awareness and regulation for how your words um, or words of others like affect you and what you put out because you know, even when we were co-located, you could more easily sense how the emotions would change within a team. It's a little bit harder remotely, especially if you don't have a, a video going, but you can hear different people's approach to work. You know, as a scrum master, if you're invested in your team, when someone sounds a little bit different, you know, when you deliver a training or a workshop, if it's landing well. And so this emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, it's, it's it's about sensing and responding to those kind of cues. Yeah, I, I just I had I had a dose of this. Uh, no, for the good. But last week, to your point, I was delivering training um, at my company. We're going through. Uh, we are moving towards safe, for good or for bad. That's what we're doing. Sorry. No, yeah. I, I'm I'm a release train engineer, so <laughs> okay. it's okay. It's okay. Yes. No. So no, it's good actually. 6.0 is is great. Um, I'm SPC. I was training uh, the teams, the safe for teams for a a new 
a team, a train that's getting ready to launch uh, in our mortgage area. So um, I, I was, uh, it was me and this other woman and she, I could tell she didn't have, well, her emotional intelligence wasn't working well that day. Let's put it that way. Uh, there were, there were, and I was watching the crowd when she, and she was, she wasn't picking up on a lot of cues, um, mainly around break time. <laughs> people were getting, um, people were getting a little restless and they were, uh, they were starting to check out and she kept on going. And so when I got up there, I was, I told myself, I'm not doing that. So we were up there and, um, talking, I was talking and it, it just my, I didn't really look at the clock. It, my internal clock told me I need a break and people need a break. And I said, let's, let's break. They all broke for 10 minutes, came back and it was a different crowd. And they were, it's like you popped the air out of the balloon and just, and it was good. And they felt they were more, more, more engaged. So all that to say is yes, there's cues that that we need to be as agilist. I would say really, really aware of. We need to have really good emotional intelligence. My experience and sense those things when we're dealing with team members. If uh, someone has their arms folded or looking at their phones, we need to be very aware of that. In, in my opinion, and it, it's going to make us a better agilist. One hundred percent. And I like what you said there about that facilitation part. And if we if we expand out from the core of the of the agile coaching growth wheel out of self mastery there is there's a component a theme called facilitation there there's similar uh there's components of each within within you know emotional intelligence but having those facilitation skills is also a key component to, you know being an effective scrum master absolutely I would say it would be very difficult to be uh, an effective scrum master if you're, if you cannot facilitate, right? Mm. Well, yeah. Well, but some, some people think that's all the scrum master does, the agilist does, is facilitate meetings, right? I think, set them up. (laughs) Yeah, sets them up and runs them, you know, or takes notes. Takes notes. It's true. Notes. I send out the notes, get coffee, get pizza and Mountain Dew. I guess what I was thinking more of was <laughs> being the change that you want to see. And if, if you can't be the facilitator, give a good example of facilitation to others, it's going to be a steep road up. I guess that's where my, that's where my mind was going. Absolutely. And one thing I love to do is I'm a frequent um, um, participant in meetups, uh, all mm-hmm. sorts of different ones. And th- one of the, the, things you don't really think about when you first start going to meetups is how much you could learn about facilitation from the facilitators in the meetup. Uh I know I observed one uh, a few months ago and it really helped me get the confidence to rein a meeting back in. Um, And that was just like, I wasn't there for the facilitation portion. I was there for the content, but just watching the skill facilitator, I'm like this person, they had, they safely brought us through the entire uh, goal of what the meeting was. And it was, it was brilliant. It was inspiring. That's a good point. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, it's, um, back to emotional intelligence. Yeah. You, I think you can definitely, I can spot someone that doesn't have very high emotional intelligence. Um, they, they, if you're someone that's, you know, 
talking about yourself all the time into your things be be aware of that be aware that unfortunately people don't always want to hear about you right they want to talk about themselves right it's been my experience people want to talk about themselves um don't be someone that talks on and on and on and and doesn't give the other person uh, read the cues like here we're, we're we're interviewing you know we have our we have our cues fred talks he stops talking. That's a cue for one of us to talk, right? Things like that, right? Um, be aware of those things. Absolutely. And that's where also people who lack emotional intelligence, they don't own how they are received. They blame the receiver for how they feel mm -hmm. about a situation instead of taking some ownership on a thing. How could I have presented myself or my idea differently? It's a really good point, Fred. Yeah, that's right. All right. The third piece of mastery, uh, agile coaching growth wheel, balance. Balance. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that thing. I mean, we even, if we think about uh, our conversation today, we're trying to balance out like our goals for the call. Um, it's, it's a little different, but, but mm -hmm. balance, I mean, we're all three of us very invested in agility in our careers, but also we have lots of other things that, that, we love and focus on. Mm -hmm. And if we over index on any of them, it would throw our, our whole system out of whack. And that's why that balance piece is so important. Definitely. So that's the, um, that's the core of, you know, the agile coaching growth wheel. And the thing that I did, that's a little bit different, which you're not going to get a set from looking at agile coaching growth wheel at org is I thought about my own personal career mm -hmm. and how did the agile coaching growth wheel, how did my journey map to it? It's something we, we talked about at the agile online summit. And as I was going through thinking about, about a couple of talks I had, I was going, I have going on it became very clear that there were themes and competencies that were relevant for me on each set of my, each part of my journey. Um, and you know, you're that, if we go back to your, your entry question, Greg, you talked about, I'm that new scrum master. What yeah. do I need? We focus on that self mastery, that investing yourself, but beyond that kind of gets a little bit into what, what Mark had talked about, which is your foundation. And for me, the foundation, it comes from four key, uh, competencies within the agile coaching growth wheel. Um, you know, I want to start off with that facilitation skills. That's one of those key competencies as an effective, um, whether scrum master coach or anyone who's actually going to lead an effective meeting. You know, I made the joke earlier about being the scrum mom, where sometimes, you know, an entry scrum master might think like, okay, I'm responsible for scheduling the meetings. But right. there's a huge difference between scheduling a meeting and facilitating a valuable event. Mm -hmm. um, being a good facilitator also means that you have a deep understanding of many frameworks, methods, and practices that you can apply to different meetings in order to make sure they're successful and people walk away thinking, yeah, that was a good use of my 30 minutes, my hour, my full day that I spent. And that that's where that facilitation skill is. Right. I know in the facilitation uh, classes I've taken that, and what I've seen in my, in at work, I, it's very, very rare for me 
to see um, meetings set up. Uh, it, like I think when you when you're talking when you're talking through that, I'm thinking you know um, an agenda an agenda laid out, maybe a time frame, and you get into the meeting and people keep it the facilitator keeps it moving they keep it on track they keep it on time uh everyone knows what's going on i i rarely see that happen i i typically see meetings sent out no agenda it, it's in the title and I, I i guess people are assumed that they from the title they know what they're going to be talking about there's no agenda laid out um it's not i can't say the meetings go badly most of the time they go they go fine but uh, some of the techniques I'm sure you're thinking about, I've rarely seen it in action. Yeah, it it definitely is a frequent that people just schedule meeting because they're low on time. We just need to get it on the calendar. I think I've heard that before. Right. But if you think, if you, if you think about the number of people involved, meetings get rather expensive. So investing the time up front to prepare a good quality agenda, remind people why they're there and keep people on track is some of the most value you can bring to a team or to an organization. Correct. And I think, I think a lot of, for me, um, maybe not for me personally, I think a lot of times is, uh, people, they don't know what they're doing. They, they, they've never been taught how to facilitate a meeting and maybe depending upon the titles of the people in the meeting. And if you're like, especially where I work now, if you're lower title, you, it may feel like if you have to tell an executive or a director to, to keep it moving or to move it along, it might feel awkward. So those are some of the things I I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, you know, one thing I think about, um, I'll let you jump in, Mark, is like courage. You know, we have the scrum value of courage. Mm-hmm. When you get that meeting invite with a blank agenda, have the courage to ask, like, why am I being, you know, why am I being included in this? Like, not not in a uh, combative way, mm-hmm. but ask that organizer, like, what's our plan? How can I help? That's especially where, where an agilist can come in and help someone maybe hasn't facilitated a lot. Mm-hmm. Lend your expertise to that person. They will thank you so much for that. Correct. I'll just say one strategy that I have used successfully before, not always, but sometimes, is that we're all busy and our calendars tend to stay full. So, you know, Fred, sometimes I'll have to admit there are meetings that show up and I just accept them and don't really look, spend a lot of time. I just know that somebody else scheduled it, invited certain number of people. And then all of a sudden people gather and you hear something along the lines of the person who organized it. I just want to get everybody together here to yeah. talk. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, okay, again, the cur- so you mentioned courage and it takes a lot of courage, but when they're struggling and you're not the person to call the meeting, I have gotten the courage for a time or two to say, I think I could help here if you would, like some, and usually people are like, oh my gosh, please. Yes, we need some help. And just do a simple lean coffee is a very easy way to just get everybody's thoughts out on the table and then be able to vote to see what people think we need to talk about and then have those other topics split off into other meetings, not have everything discussed in this one meeting. Because I think 
everybody has been in that that never ending meeting, right? Where everybody wants to talk about all their problems all at one time on every single side of the business. So yeah, there you go. Free of charge. Um, I don't know, Greg, do we have a, a payment plan that people can come up with and pay us if they, well, you're, they you're, all, that? you're always asking for money. I don't know if you told Fred what, how much he owes us for this. We can talk later. Right. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh, oh, <laughs> Send no. that bill to Washington. <laughs> Washington. Um, yeah. But the Fred Dykler in Washington, not Oregon. Exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, but Mark, what, what you outlined there, Mark, was a, a good understanding of a practice. You're in a space and you have this practice, and you know, it can work to, to emerge the, the greatest things that, you know, that people uh, need to talk about. And that kind of brings us into the second piece of our foundation from, from competency. This is from the agile and lean mind, uh, agile and lean. It's the frameworks and practices. A one thing you'll learn early on, or you should learn, is that Scrum is not the only flavor of Agile. Along my journey, I've looked into Kanban, XP, test-driven development, mm-hmm. and Scrumbon, all about pulling these different practices and these different met- ways of working in for what's right for my context. It's all about like also designing and delivering, you know, sessions that focus on what's most essential for a group. Uh, we talked about facilitation but that also goes into practice. Like how can I, how can I create an environment where people participate to bring the most value out of the product that we're, we're building. And it's very important as an agilist to continually research and learn about new practices and frameworks to see if they can, you know, improve the way, the way you work. Right. So, so, just to back up, did you mention? So we thought we said facilitation skills, frameworks and practices. Was there a second, a third one you said in there, or we? Uh, There's not. There's two more after that, but I'm kind of okay. like following the conversation. Yeah, just wanted to make sure for those listening that we're on frameworks and practices. Correct. Yes, we are. Okay, got it. Just making sure. Yes. Yeah, I I, I would agree. I um. Along with that, I prefer the title agilist. For the reason you just said, um, I've worked at companies where, uh, and just to be clear, I, I really don't care what, what my title is, but I think Agilist makes more sense or something more generic like that. I, Agilist is the best term I could think of rather than Scrum Master because <clears throat> I think we should be able to do more than just Scrum. We should be able to do Kanban, XP, test-driven development. And I've looked into all those too, like you said. I think there's what I've been uh, at work. People have been talking when we're going safe, but uh, people have been saying, oh, less. And then Scrum has their nexus, which I, I went up there and and went through that. But yeah, I think, I think we should know lots of different frameworks. What about you, Mark? Yes. And um, my first thought was be careful, Greg, saying you don't care what you're called because that can come back to bite you. Uh, <laughs> um, well, okay. I'm well, waterfall yeah, warden. Um, um, is that, it doesn't matter what you're called. So, well, I was trying to be <laughs> say that I don't care about titles. I'm not a big title person is what I meant to say by that. I do care what I'm called. Yeah, I know. I do care what I call what I'm called. Um, Nothing bad. But yeah, I was just saying, I think Agilist makes more sense based on what Fred said is that um, Scrum Master paints us into the corner of all we do is Scrum. Uh, 
And Scrum Master is what it's called in, in, in the framework, and that's fair if that's all you do. But what I've seen, a lot of companies, they might start off with Scrum because it's the most popular. They heard about it, and that's where they start. But when you're on a in in real world like we've seen, most teams, you know, Scrum doesn't talk about user stories. Scrum doesn't talk about Kanban boards. It leaves it so open, and it says it intentionally, right? It's open. It's a framework. And people, I don't think people realize that user stories and Kanban boards are not in the Scrum Guide. Absolutely. You know, our implementations, there's a collection, you know, and that's, you know, moving, I want to move us uh, into a third part of the, you know, entry Scrum Master, your foundation. Um, that's something we hear a lot, which is serving the team. That's part of, the, part of the serving theme. And serving the team, it's another one that can be easily misunderstood. You know, we joke about coffee, but, you know, or notes or updating your uh, your JIRA or your Azure DevOps. Mm-hmm. You know, people think that's might think that is serving the team or being a servant leader. But, you know, the question is, like, how does it help them become self-managed? And, like, how is that actually serving the team by doing those those basic things? Mm-hmm. You know, if our goal of serving the team is to help them become self-managed, we got to think about their effectiveness the dynamics right. of the team working both internally and with external partners and where they're at in their formation journey. Um, those are all elements into, you know, serving the team. Yeah, that's a good point. Are you, are you serving the team properly if you're doing something for them? Right. I think that's where you're, I heard, see you going there. Like if you're, if someone doesn't have, if, 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 I was just thinking as you were going through that, there's some things I was thinking of that I do that I've done for the team, like little things like that. And it's because they didn't have access and I did. So if I just, if I just do it for them and don't grant them access, did I serve them properly? No, you probably helped them get past a one-time impediment, but then you made yourself an impediment. There you go. And we don't want to be the impediment. So yes, it would be better in that case to grant them that access if 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 you can. I know some companies, mine included, uh, get a little weird about access to certain things. But that would I think that would allow the team to become more self managing. The the more that they can do, my opinion, the more they can do, the less I can do for them, uh, puts them down that path. Absolutely, because at the end of the day, they're the ones who have to do the work, anyways. Right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. And I'm not always going to be there. Uh, I, uh, I take vacation too. I, I get sick and I'm out and yeah, if it, it's the, I, I've always, um, I'm really big about spreading knowledge and knowledge sharing, not having a bottleneck. Um, there's a lot of people that work in my company that have been there 20, 25, 30, 40 years. And some of them are starting to retire and I, I've, I, I just, I just happened. I was given, I was given this example. I ran into in the training class I mentioned last week and someone said, yep, it just happened to them. So these people will retire and you will retire one day too. And if you have all that, if you have lots of knowledge in your brain and you didn't share it with people, it's going to hurt them down the line, just like it is hurting you now. I'm going to avoid going down a rabbit hole, but maybe we could talk mm-hmm. about this another time, but it's yeah. always, it's such a good, it's such a delicate balance to have because you can come across as very elitist if you're not careful. Well, no, I don't, I don't handle 
granting privileges to people. That's, that's, that's beneath me. Somebody, you need to go to somebody else to do that. I could, but I've got bigger and better things to do. So I'm being a little over the top here, but I just always think of trying to keep those things in balance between being an effective leader as well as an effective servant and trying to find the right balance between those two. But all right, I'm going to take mm-hmm. the top off that and or put the top on that, set it up put on the panel. Fred. All right, let's hit up that fourth and last part of what I view as the foundation. Uh-huh. Um, and you kind of hit on that a little bit, which is in there. It's it's teaching. Now, teaching is, you know, is probably a, a, one of the most important. They're all most important foundational skills. Um, but teaching is not telling. It want, it's, it's rooted actually in the ability to convey important knowledge to others. Um, and sometimes, you know, teaching is not something as a scrum master or coach you can really measure, but you'll start to see it evidenced by the observations of the behavior and vocabulary change of those that you serve. Um, teaching is like really also about understanding, like when I'm delivering a workshop, like how do I design it in such a way or, you know, uh, design it in such a way that people are going to get the most out of it. And for, and for workshop, I want to also, I want to substitute the word retrospective in there when you're designing your retros. That's about finding teachable moments. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I love teaching. I love classes that I'm doing. And I, I, you said it, you said something good when I don't remember how you just said it about uh, when you hear people reflected back. I just experienced that the other day too. And I was like, someone said something that I had said, um, pretty much the way I said it. I was like, that's, that's great. They got it. And, and they're starting yeah, reflect, reflect it back. I think you said, yeah, it, it was, it was a good feeling. And to be an effective teacher, sometimes I like that you said, it's not always, you know, telling someone sometimes the most effective teacher is to actually fail or misstep or learn from mistakes. Not always, but, that's the nuanced part of, I guess, as you're progressing through this agile coaching growth wheel to to learn when to employ things and when to not. But all that to say is that, yes, I totally agree that teaching is not always about telling, but knowing the effective times when um, you have to let people learn it for themselves. Absolutely. And there's a... Um... A great quote I'm trying to pull up in my brain, which is like, tell me something and I'll forget. Um, teach me something I'll learn and involve me and I'll and I'll get it. Mm. That's a very bad quote uh, representation. I'm sorry for whoever said it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. And so, you know, teaching that rounds out kind of what I view as that foundation of a, of a scrum mastery of our frameworks and practices under agile, our facilitation skills, serving the team and teaching. Now, one thing I kind of alluded to during teaching is like, how can you measure some of these things? And that's, I want to go back to the agile coaching growth wheel and say, it's not just about these seven competencies that we've talked about so far today. Within each of those competencies, the creators of the growth wheel actually broke it down into five levels, starting with beginner, then advanced beginner, practitioner, guide, and catalyst. 
And the great thing about that is you as a practitioner, you a practitioner, I just use that word again, you as an agilist, which I love that title, Greg, that's one of my favorite titles. Um, you can take and measure yourself on the agile coaching growth wheel. You take a look at these different levels for each of these competencies. Where am I at? If I'm a beginner, maybe that's just where I have that textbook knowledge. Advanced beginner, I get into practical experience. And then all the way up to catalyst where you have innovative approaches. Um, it's something, you know, I, I work on. And the and beautiful thing, like I said about the, these levels, is that you can measure yourself today. Then you go out in your continuous learning and continuous improvement journey. Measure yourself again in six months. You know, identify these areas to work on to make you that, that agilist that you want to be. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to do it. I haven't, I haven't gone through it yet. I definitely want to do it. Have you done it yet, Mark? I have not, but I've got it up right now. Do you? Awesome. Yeah. I did want to give a plug. Uh, I worked on a tool. I had this idea in my head. I worked with two, with two great developers and I'll, we could share this in the, in the notes for the uh, description for this podcast. It's cool. also on my LinkedIn It's actually a tool you can download from GitHub where you, uh, you, you, enter in your ratings and it generates a beautiful looking radar graph <laughs> that then you can timestamp and say, this was my October, 2023, um, self-evaluation. Wow. And then when you do it again in six months, pull those right next to each other mm-hmm. and just like, you could, wow, I, maybe your growth. And we're not talking about, I, don't, I wouldn't expect anyone to go from beginner to catalyst in six, six months. months. No, but if you grow a couple, a couple boxes, on your mm-hmm. growth wheel in that time. That's, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. It's something where you should recognize as an agilist, you're on your journey. You're making those investments in yourself and that, and your, and that continual improvement and you're serving everyone better. Right. Especially if you've Real been quick, focus, focusing on certain areas, sorry, Mark, it's good to see, to track that progress. Cause you might think I'm focusing on, it. I don't really feel like I'm, I'm any better. And then you look at it and you rate yourself and you're like, yeah, hearing what people say about you. It's, yeah, it's, I, th- I think it's really important. So you hit where I was headed on this, Greg, it's just a question mm-hmm. for Fred is, so when you go through this and you're rating yourself, are you getting input from other people or are you asking other people to fill in certain um, scores or certain answer, certain questions or how does that work? Yeah. I think it probably depends a little bit on your situation and I'll describe it the way I've done it recently. Like when I first experienced it, I, I graded myself, um, leading a team of scrum masters, I graded myself just cause I was very curious at my own growth. I then took this tool, the agile coaching growth wheel and turned it actually into career growth for the scrum masters who worked with me. And when they submitted their first draft of it, there was many times I either challenged them about maybe they're rating themselves a little high Mm-hmm. Or I said, hey, maybe you're a little bit too low. Mm-hmm. And so if you've worked with a group of Agilists for a while, I think this is a great way to show transparency with each other on your own mm-hmm. growth and say, hey, this is kind of how I view myself and invite others in to maybe validate or challenge uh, some of the ratings you gave yourself. I'm really interested now. I'm very interested now. <laughs> Yes. So we are about out of time. Can you believe it? It always goes so fast again. So (laughs) Fred, would you honor us? Would you like to come back again? 
and talk more about this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just the tip of the iceberg. I know. Uh, I wasn't sure how much content I would have. And we got through like half of what I wanted to talk about. And I think next time, guys, what, what if we talk about like you've been a Scrum Master for a little while and you want to make that that how do you become a bet, you know, move into that senior space? I know senior Scrum Master isn't in the Scrum Guide, but it's an industry title. So how does someone yeah. get that seniority? Absolutely. Um, I agree with you. Yes. Okay. Book it. We'll get you on it. So if you like Fred, like we do, Fred's going to come back and talk some more about that. So in wrapping up, uh, if you want to get a hold of Fred, he's on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn and you're in the Agile community, you can't miss him. Uh, hook up with him there. What other ways, Fred, can people get a hold of you? See, hear you at a, a conference coming up. Any conferences you want to talk about coming up? Any conference? Uh, I don't have many conferences left for the rest of the year. I'm planning actually talking about the Agile Coaching Growth Wheel in 2024. It's what I'm nice. what I am promoting. But I do have a couple of meetups coming up. Um, so take a look. Yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. And there's a few meetups I have scheduled uh, in the rest of 2023 where you can hear me talk about a variety of topics. And one of them uh, with Agile in Ireland will actually be about my career growth journey from a uh, development manager to agile coach. Awesome. That's cool. Great. That would be great. Yes. So we'll look forward to that. So, and don't forget agile online summit, uh, is, is going to be on YouTube. Our video with Fred will be up there in yeah. October 24th. Did I say that 24th, 25th? Is that the right date? It's 24th or 25th. 25th. Sure. 25th. 25th. Not sure when you listen to that. If you're listening to this before October 25th, go and find the Agile Online Summit. You'll see Fred's Agile Coaching Growth Wheel. It was a great conversation. We are going to have Fred back. So thanks for listening to this. This is Mark and Greg, the Agile Within. You want to get hold of us. We also have a LinkedIn page. Both of us do. Mark Metz, Greg Miller. We also have the Agile Within page on LinkedIn. You can email me, gregmiller at theagilewithin.com with any comments, suggestions. If you want to be on the show, great. We want to hear from you. We want to hear some voices that maybe haven't been heard from before. Um, take, take some courage. You want, to, you want to get out there, talk about something, get, and you don't want to do post on LinkedIn, you're ready to be on a podcast, email me. I want to talk to you about some stuff. Find us on LinkedIn. Uh, it's X, formerly Twitter. We're out there too. Get a hold of us there. Thanks for listening. It's been a lot of fun. We'll be posting another episode with Fred soon. And this has been Greg and Mark at The Agile Within. We'll talk to you next time.